Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This week's podcast is on the second sign in the Gospel of John. The first sign is transformation, the turning of water into wine. Throughout the Old Testament, water was used in purifying ceremonies. It was to make the unclean clean. In this miracle, we see Jesus not cleanse, but transform. We are transformed when we encounter Jesus, regardless of whether we have sinned a lot or a little, whether we are unrighteous or self-righteous. Jesus doesn't simply renovate, change or heal us. He transforms us into new creations. We are made new, not by who we were, but by who he is. The second sign is found in John 4, verses 43 to 54. This is how it reads in the New Living Translation. At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honoured in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. As he travelled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come to Galilee, from Judah to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe me, unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked him when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realised that it was the very time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was a second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. So Jesus heals an officer's son. That's great. But Jesus healed lots of people. Why was this so significant? John, who doesn't record any parables or exorcisms, and records just eight miracles. Why does this one make the cut? John gives valuable space to this miracle in his gospel. And I believe it's because he wants us to to be absolutely sure the second side of believing in Jesus is about faith and obedience. Jesus had said to the official, you'll never believe me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders. The official, so overwhelmed with fear of his son's death, simply pleads with Jesus. Moved by compassion, Jesus heals his son and tells him to go home. And it says that as soon as Jesus told him, he went home. He went immediately. Even before the official gets home, he discovers the son's fever is broken at the exact time Jesus said he would be healed. It was Jesus that healed his son, but I believe that the father's obedience was important. (coughs) We often talk about obedience as not an entirely good thing. 
We talk about it as if it's something that we have to do, rules we have to follow. And yet, in Jewish religious life, they saw obedience as being part of a relationship, not so much about rules. The most important prayer, both morning and evening, was the Shema prayer, which we find in Deuteronomy 6, 4-9. And it reads like this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your home and on your gates. <coughs> In the Hebrew, the word for listen is Shema, hence the name for the prayer. But there's no specific word for obey. Implicit in the word listen is the expectation of obedience. In fact, for Jews that reach the age of accountability, they have a bar mitzvah. And bar mitzvah simply means son or daughter of the commandments. It is, in essence, preparation for doing good. See, they saw obedience as not how you would get into heaven, not as in making yourself righteous, but that was how you demonstrated your love for the God that you served. And that's why the Shema is first a call to love God with everything. And then it talks about what happens within that relationship, the blessings of obedience and the disadvantages of not being obedient. John understood this well, but he wants us to make sure that we know it. John makes us so abundantly clear in his writings that we need to follow the words of Jesus. I don't want to get us caught into this idea that we have to obey or we don't get into heaven because clearly we are saved by grace. I love the fact that Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not reward for the good things you have done, so no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I want to be very clear, we are saved by grace. Obedience <coughs> is not about our salvation, but it is a demonstration that we are listening to God. Because if we listen, we obey. That was a clear understanding. Just in case you don't think that John wanted to make that point, I just want to read the following verses to you. John 8, 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. John 15, 10, When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. 
1 John 2, 3. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. 1 John 3.22 And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. 1 John 3.24 Those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. 1 John 5.2 We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. 1 John 5.3 Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. You get the idea. I'm sorry to have gone on, but I want to make it really abundantly clear that when the scriptures talk about listen or shema, it is about obedience. There is a huge juxtaposition that we sometimes don't understand between faith and obedience. The truth is if we have faith and we don't act, then do we really have faith? And if we're not obedient, do we really have the faith to do it? The two things are dependent upon each other. If I make a chair and present it to my wife and say, look, I've made this chair, would you like to sit on it? It requires an act of faith. She's got to sit on it before she'll know whether or not it will take her weight. And in doing so, there is an act of faith, but there is also a point of obedience. We need to be really clear that we are acting in both faith and obedience. Paul also makes this point in Romans, his longest epistle that he uses to explain so much of Christian doctrine. Paul begins and ends Romans with the very clear message of believe and obey. Romans 1.5, after he's got through the introductions, he says, Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Believe and obey him. And then the final two verses of Romans 16. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, forever. Amen. If there is a disconnect between your beliefs and your behaviour, you need to address it. God has transformed you, but he has done so, so that you can walk in fullness of relationship, loving him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. But also you have to be responsible with the way that you behave. Jesus expects that we listen to his words and that we obey them. The first sign of a believer is a transformation that is by grace, not by works, but by grace. The second sign of a believer is that they listen to his voice and obey it. God bless. Thank you for joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation at gmail.com. God bless.